Well, happy Easter, Wallacey. Glad to be with you this morning. And the question that those kids answered is one that we need to answer for ourselves. Who is Jesus Christ? This morning's a huge morning. This morning is the day that we celebrate the greatest event in human history. It is unparalleled in its power, unrivaled in its significance. And this morning we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, rose again from the grave. Amen? Amen. And if you've been a part of our church for any time, you know that this is our hope. This is what we're all about. If Jesus hadn't risen from the grave, we would be wasting an unbelievable amount of time and resources every week. But thankfully he did rise from the grave. And and as we like to say, it's all about Jesus. Everything we do, everything we are, all of it is about Jesus Christ. Do you know about Jesus? He was born in a town not unlike Milford, only actually a little smaller, about a quarter of the size of Milford or Syracuse, about 2,000 years ago. His dad was a carpenter, and for the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he did uh, likely the same thing, working as a carpenter like his papa did. Well, Scripture tells us that there was nothing special about his appearance. If you would have seen him walking down the street, you wouldn't have thought, oh, there goes an important guy. No, he just was a normal-looking dude. He was a regular guy. Yet his life, this normal guy from a tiny little town, his life is more significant than any other life that's ever been lived on this earth. The two most significant dates on our calendar that we celebrate revolve around his life. Christmas and Easter. In fact, we count time based on his life before Christ and after Christ and AD in the year of our Lord after Christ, Anno Domini, everything revolves around him. Furthermore, there have been more paintings painted of Jesus Christ, more songs sung to him, more poems written about him, more people who pray to him than anyone else in human history. Jesus is the most significant life ever to live. Friends, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The very reason you're alive and you have breath. You know why? It's about Jesus. He created you. Colossians 1 and 2 tells us that he's the creator of the universe. By his power, he holds all things together. It's because of Jesus. The reason the whole universe holds together is because of Jesus. The reason that there's a large church building perched in the middle of cornfields. Do you know why? Help me out. What's the answer? Jesus. The reason I'm wearing a suit today. Why? Jesus. And thankfully, it still fits. We got one more year out of it. This is good. Going to keep it going. The reason there's such a focus on politics in the Middle East. Why is that? Jesus. That's where he's from. That's where he's from. The reason the year is 2016 and not like 5,000 or 6,000 something is because of Jesus. We started counting time again after he was born. The reason people give gifts at Christmas, that's because of Jesus. The reason you haven't been abandoned by God, that's Jesus. The reason you're here this morning, whether you realize it or not, is Jesus. It's all about Jesus Christ. So who is this man? Who is he? Why is he so significant? Well, we're going to look at that this morning. But the way we're going to look at it this year, we're going to look at it in terms of who Jesus said he was. You have a choice to to decide for yourself, who do you say he is? But the question we're going to look at this morning, the thing we're going to look at is, who did Jesus say that he was? Who did Jesus say for himself that he is? 
maybe it would help you to know some of the things he said about himself. So we're just going to look at eight of those claims this morning. Eight things Jesus said about himself that he claimed. Here's the first thing. Jesus said, he said, I am not of this earth. Jesus said he was not of this earth. Now you may know some people and you go, they are strange. I don't think they're from this earth. But Jesus literally, he says, I am not from this earth. This is not my home. Here's, what he, here's how he says it in John six thirty eight. He says, for I've come down from heaven and not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, Jesus claimed to be from God. He claimed to come down from heaven to live on the earth. Now, if you met somebody who claimed that, what would you think? That's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, this guy, right? But, but this is what Jesus claims. Do you believe that claim? He claimed it. He, he said it another way in John 6, 42. Uh, well, they said this about it. This is their response to him, I guess, in 6, 42. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say I've come down from heaven? See, that's what they thought of him. Like you would think if I said that, I, I showed up from heaven today. Don't, Josh, you're crazy. That's what they thought of Jesus. But he's saying he existed long before he was ever in the flesh and became God incarnate, incarnate with meat. He put flesh on and came to this earth. He said, I existed long before that. He's eternal. See, here's the, here's the thing. Christianity is different than so many other religions in that it's not a man becomes good enough to become a God like in Mormonism. Or uh, in Islam, you, you do good enough to where all of a sudden you're rewarded for eternity because of how good you did on this earth. No, no, no. Christianity, God, because we're so messed up and could never become good, God became man and he put flesh on and came to this earth. It's different than any other religion. God became man. Jesus became human to live the life we couldn't. You know, and a lot of people, they, they read about Jesus and they go, yeah, Jesus is a good guy. I, I like Jesus. If you, if you did a poll, most people would say, yeah, Jesus was a pretty good guy. But here's the thing. You know what Jesus says? Here's his second claim. He says, I'm more than just a good man. I'm a whole lot more than just a good man. He's speaking to the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man came up and knelt before Jesus and asked him, he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And we find out later in the passage that this is a rich young man. And Jesus said to him, here's his first reply to him, why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. See, some of you have bought into a lie. And maybe this rich young ruler had bought into a lie. You've bought into the lie that Jesus is just a good man. You need to know that's a lie. He is not just a good man. Was he a good man? Absolutely. But he's also a good God. He's much more than a good man. See, Jesus doesn't leave any room for somebody to say, oh, he's a good guy. He said a lot of good things. He taught a lot of good things. Yeah, if we all just listened to Jesus and did what he said, the world would be a better place. But Jesus doesn't leave any room for that. He doesn't leave room for him to become, be called just a good man. You know what he says if you call him a good man? If he were here, he would reply to you. He'd say, don't call me good. Don't call me good. Don't call me a good man. I'm much more than that. God alone is good. And ultimately, he's saying he's more than a man. And this leaves you with a huge choice. If he's not simply just a good man and he's actually God, 
What are you going to choose? Because if, if, if he was just a good man, but then he claimed to be God, wouldn't you say, mm, crazy. He said he came from heaven. Now he's saying he's God. Yeah, cuckoo. This guy's messed up. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But let's look at another claim that Jesus makes. Here it is. He declares himself to be God through his miracles. He claims he's the son of God. He proves it by his works and with his words. In John 10, 36 through 39, who do you, do you say of him whom the father consecrated and sent into the world? You are blaspheming because I said, I'm the son of God. If I'm not doing the works of my father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand the father is in me and I am in the father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. See, Jesus performed miracles, and when they called him out on it, he said, I do this because I'm the son of the Father. I'm the son of God. I came from the Father, and I do these things so that you would understand who I am. He did all these miracles to, to make people go, mm, that guy's different. Maybe he really did come from heaven. Maybe he really did. Maybe he is more than just a good man. And he says, I'm the son of God. He says, the Father's in me and I am in him. He declared himself to be God performing these miracles. But he's not merely a miracle. He's not merely a good guy. He's God. And by the way, Jesus, the Son of God, he still does miracles. Did you know that? He does. He still heals hearts. He still heals families. He still heals marriages. I've seen it happen. He still does miracles. The question is, who do you say that he is? Do you believe that he's God? And will you trust him and repent and turn to him as God? Because he didn't just declare himself to be the son of God. He was also obviously a man. But do you know what else Jesus said about himself? He declared himself to be sinless. He said he was without sin. Now, do you, do you, do you know anyone who claims not to sin? If you have a toddler in your house, you might. I didn't do it. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. But what do you know? They did it. Right? They did it. But Jesus, what does he do? He says, I'm without sin. He claimed it. Did you know that? Look at John 8, 46. Which one of you, he says to those who are convicting him, he says, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? Loved ones, this claim is without equal. To claim that he's sinless. Think of the best person you know in your life. Who's the nicest guy? Who, who's the kindest woman you know? Would you dare to say that they're without sin? Yet Jesus, he says, I never sinned. I never sinned. I mean, we kind of say, it. yeah, look at him. He's a really good guy, but nobody's... What is it? Perfect. You know what Jesus says to that comment? Um, <clears throat> I am. I am. That's what Jesus says. And he was sinless. He claimed to be sinless. Do you believe that claim? Do you believe that claim? That's the question in front of you this morning. Jesus says, I am perfect. And by the way, if you read later through his life, you find out that even his siblings worship him as God. How many of you would worship your little brother? your big brother, as God? I don't think so. 
Yet that's what his siblings do. It must have been a valid claim that he was sinless. Imagine growing up with him as your sibling. All right, who did it? Was it you? I know it wasn't Jesus. Which one of you three? (laughs) He was sinless. He never messed up. And I said it already, but he says it very deliberately here. He claims number five to be God. Look how he says it in John chapter 10, verses 30 through 33. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Well, in doing that, he's claiming to be God because look what happens right after that. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. They're like, you can't claim to be God. We're going to kill you for that. And Jesus answered them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? So what good thing did I do, Jesus says, that you're going to kill me for? The Jews answered him, it's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. See, I said it earlier, but some of you have been lied to. You believed that Jesus was just a good man, and you believed that Jesus never claimed to be God. You've been watching too much History Channel. Right? Jesus claimed to be God. That's why he was killed on Good Friday. That's the reason he was hung on a cross and murdered. It wasn't because of good things he'd done. How many of you would kill someone for all the good things they were doing? Oh yeah, he's, he's healing people. He's, he's feeding people who need food. He's, he's uh, curing blindness. He's casting out. I mean, he's bringing all kinds of good to the community and to the town. Let's kill him. Would you do that? No. But they killed him for being God. See, look, Jesus says it. He says, what good thing did you stone me for? They're saying, we're not going to stone you for that. It's it's not a good work we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself to be God. You claim to be God. Loved ones, Buddha never claimed to be God. Confucius never claimed to be God. Muhammad He never claimed to be God. Jesus Christ, he claimed to be God. And he claimed to be much more than a good man. He claimed to be God. Let me ask you, how many people, you go, I know, but I still think he's just a good man. I don't know if I buy this God thing. Well, how many good people do you know that claim to be God? David Koresh, he was a good guy, right? Burned a whole ton of people in Waco, Texas. You know what he claimed to be? God. Would you call him a good guy? No, it turned out he wasn't God. He murdered people. How about Jim Jones? Passing out Kool-Aid. Good guy? I don't think so. I don't think so. If Jesus isn't God, he is the most despicable, most despisable, most awful, most cruel, most wicked person to ever walk the face of the earth. Do you know why? Because there are, are, are millions, if not billions of people around the world today Today, worshiping him as God. He cannot be a good man and not be God. If you're saying he's just a good man and he's not God, he claimed to be God and he has deceived billions of people. C.S. Lewis writes it this way and says it better than I could ever say it. Some of you have heard me read this quote before. C.S. Lewis says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Oh, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. But that's the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, 
or else he would be the devil of hell. And you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else he's a madman or something else. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as you would a demon or fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let, not, let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us and he did not intend to. Often you've got to make a choice. Is Jesus God or is he crazy? There's no room for him to simply be a good man. There's no room for it. And look what else he claims. And number six here, Jesus claimed to be able to forgive sin. Mark chapter two, verse five. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can claim to forgive sins but God alone? See, he claims to forgive sins. And in doing so, he's claiming again to be God. Because they're saying nobody can really forgive sins because sin is against God. The only one who can forgive it is God. We commit sin against other people, but ultimately it's against God and it demands a payment. Every other religion would say, do this, be good enough, and then you can be loved by God. You can be with God for eternity. You can make it into heaven. When you get to the end of your life, if the good outweighs the bad, you're in. You know what Christianity says? Christianity says you are so messed up you will never make it on your own. You are so sinful. You are more wicked and sinful than you ever dared think. Yet you know what? You are also more loved and accepted by Jesus Christ than you could ever imagine. Because Jesus, being perfect, died on the cross for your sin and forgives you your sin and makes you new if you would simply trust him. You're more wicked than you ever imagined, but you're more loved than you ever dreamed. Turn to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done, what's been done to you, what's happened in your life. Jesus makes you clean. And this life may be a drag, but guess what? This isn't the end, and this is not home. Jesus claims, loved ones, this leads right into number seven. He claims to be the only way to heaven. He said to him in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is exclusive. He is. When people rail against Christianity saying, I can't believe they would say that that's the only way. Well, it is. It's truth. Don't be deceived. Jesus is exclusive. He is the way, the truth, the life. But you know what? Jesus is also inclusive. Because he says, whoever would come to me and not do enough good works, not get your life right, not clean it all up. And then, no, if you just come, you'll be forgiven and made new. It's, it's, an, it's an invite to anyone. The gospel is exclusive, but don't miss out that it's inclusive. In, in fact, Romans writes, Paul writes it in Romans this way, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. John 3.16, do you know this verse? I had a couple previous to it up there, but I'm going to skip right to verse 16. Do you know this verse? You see this sign hanging up you know, at football games and different things all fall. For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. 
Well, sometimes we read that and we think, yeah, that's, that's good. And I did. I just believed. But Josh, you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how messed up I am. When I see Jesus, I can believe. But you know what? He's going to look at me. I believe his claim that he's God. But he's going to look at me and he's going to go, there, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You don't fit. Why would you go to church? Why, 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 what were you thinking? You're so mad. Get away from me. You know what? Jesus isn't going to condemn you if you turn to him. He will if you refuse to. But if you turn to him, look, don't believe me. Look what Jesus says. He says in verse 17, right after this, for God did not send his son, Jesus meaning himself, into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If you'd simply believe, you would be saved. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Jesus will save you and make you new. And here's the one we celebrate this morning, number eight. Jesus claimed ahead of time that he would rise from death. He claimed ahead of time that he would die on the cross. He claimed ahead of time that three days later he would rise from the grave. Do you know any other people who've claimed to, I'm I'm not, either either they claimed I'm not going to die, and then they died, or they claimed after I die, don't worry, I'm coming back. How many of them, um, on the first one, how many who claimed I'll never die, how many of them died? One out of one, right? 100%. How about, how many of them came back after they died? Goose egg. Except for one, actually. Jesus Christ. He claimed he would die and then three days rise again, and that's exactly what he did. Here's where he claims it in Luke 9, 22. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. See, Jesus proves his claim to be God by his resurrection. His resurrection proves the fact that he was God, that he is God. It's the proof that he is who he said he is. For centuries, people have tried to disprove the resurrection. You know how many have succeeded? Zero. Every other leader of a world religion, you know what you can do? You can go visit their grave. Why? Because they're dead. And they're buried there. Jesus Christ? No grave. No bones. Now, there's a place where there's a church called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre that's built over this tomb that they believe was the place where Jesus was buried. And um, we don't know if it was for sure or not. But you know what? I've been there. And you're able to go in and you can walk inside. It's in Jerusalem. And you can walk inside and you can kind of duck down and it's all dark. Guess what wasn't there? Jesus. And guess where they've never found him? In a grave. In a tomb. Why? Because he's risen. He's risen. Every other world leader, every other religious leader, you can go visit their grave. Not Jesus. He's alive. And he said that he's coming again. He said in Revelation 22, he said, behold, I'm coming soon. Some of you are confronted with a choice then this morning. Do you believe what Jesus said about himself? And you need to make that choice for yourself. I can't make it for you. But don't deceive yourself into saying that, I like Jesus. He's a good guy. He's, he seems pretty nice. And then totally dismiss all of these claims. Because if you do that, uh, you're foolish. You need to look at his claims and you need to decide, was he crazy or was he God? And if you decide that he's God, 
then you might want to listen to his words where he says, if you would simply believe, if you would turn and repent of your sin and come to me, my burden's easy, my yoke is light. He's going to give you rest. He's going to make you new. He's going to make you clean. He's going to save you. And all it requires is for you to turn to him. That's what it means to repent. It sounds like a fancy church word. Do you know what it means? It means to change my mind, literally to turn around and to turn to Jesus, to turn from the way I've been doing it and the way I thought that he was just a good guy, that I had it all figured out and turn to Jesus himself and trust him. Loved ones, the resurrection is real. It's the most significant event in all of human history. And I would commend to you, believe upon Jesus Christ, turn to him and be saved. There's no room to just call him a good guy. There's no room just to hide eggs. And I mean, there is, but it's a short, good room because one day you're gonna die and you're gonna face judgment. Trust Jesus Christ. He's calling to you this morning. I'm gonna pray. We're gonna take our offering and then we'll sing and call it a morning uh, after we celebrate more of Jesus' resurrection. And if you're a guest with us, with us this morning, let me just say this. As we take our offering, uh, we, don't, we don't want a gift from you. Please don't give, in fact. And um, when you leave, we, would, we have a gift for you at the Connect desk that we'd like you to grab. And uh, we want to give to you. So we're glad you're here this morning. Let me pray. Father, thanks for Jesus. And uh, thank you for his word and for his life. Father, I thank you that he did just as he said that he died, and then he died for my sin on the cross, and he rose again on the third day. He didn't remain in the grave. And I thank you, too, that he forgives me of my sin, that he makes me new and makes me clean. I don't deserve it. Father, I pray this morning uh, for those who are here who've never trusted you. I pray that today they might, that today might be the day that they move from death to life, that they, Jesus, hear your claims and in their heart say, yeah, I believe that. But Jesus, you said it's more than just to believe. Even the demons believe you are God. We need to repent. We need to turn and to trust you. And so for those this morning, Father, who maybe, uh, Holy Spirit, you're working in their hearts and they feel that tug on their hearts, believing these things are true. Uh, if they would simply... Uh, pray to you and say, Jesus, I've sinned. I've messed up. I can never be good enough. I'm tired of trying on my own. I'm tired of failing on my own. I'm tired of doing everything in my power and always coming up short. Jesus, I need you to forgive me, to clean me, to make me new. And I need you to change me because I'm done trying to change myself and I can't do it anymore. Jesus, if they would simply pray those things to you from their heart, not even necessarily in those words, but those things, you promise to forgive them. You promise to clean them. You promise to make them new. And you promise to come back and receive them as your church forever. Your resurrection proves it. Your resurrection proves that all the claims you made and all the predictions you made were true and will come to pass. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We pray all this through him. Amen.